The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do not observe all things whatsoever they tell you. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they do not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen the phylacteries and lengthen the tassels. They low places of honor abandoned seats of honor in synagogues, greens in the marketplaces, and the salutation rabbi. As for you, do not be called rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humble, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. They asked me to keep this uh, homely short, so I'm going to time it. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I guess all of us, we had had, you know, a moment in our lives when this thing had happened, you know, to be humbled. Sometimes, I mean, we don't look for it, but it does happen. The first uh, memory I have of something like that, it was actually my first confession. Okay, so we were about 60, 80 kids. Uh, getting ready, you know, for First Communion. So you got to go and do your first confession. And I don't know about you, but that first confession, you know, I was nervous. I, you know, I made a list of all the sins, right, that I, wanna, I wanted to ask the Lord for uh, forgiveness. And, and you're waiting there. So we had this penitential service. Um, so we were all there and ready to go. So we have four priests that were you know, hearing the confessions. Now, one of them, which I knew very well, he was already a retired priest at that time, okay? And still alive, actually. He's like 102 years old. He just celebrated 70 years as a priest. Pretty amazing. Pretty holy priest, uh, but he is a little deaf, so he can't really hear well. And, and he's pretty loud, okay? He has a pretty strong voice, loud. So I heard stories of, you know, sometimes kind of repeating things aloud and things like that. So I was pretty nervous and afraid. So I was praying, really, to the Lord, you know, just as I was waiting in line, you know, the, uh, the lady that um, was organizing the service, she was sending us to different priests, okay? So I was, please, Lord, don't let me go to Father Jesus Please, Lord, no, let me go to Father Jesus. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> yes, I was dead in line, and, you know, two 
of the, the kids, they finished their confession, so I started just taking off to the far left, um, well, far left for you, and then, um, and then the lady said, no, 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 just go right here in front, and I said, oh, no. Anyway, so I had to humble myself there, and, you know, started the confession. To be honest, till this day, I, do, I don't remember what I confess. But I do remember what I did not confess, because we're starting the confession, and I can remember what I said to Fallon, and he repeated aloud, very, very, you know, he asked me this question very loud. Did you steal what? He said, no, no, no. I was trying to be quiet. He said, no, 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 I didn't steal, steal anything. I can't remember what I said. I got really nervous. I couldn't say anything. So he said, so how many times you do that? And, oh, my gosh. Imagine. So, huge silence, right? And you start just hearing, you know, the, the laughter, quiet laughter and killing other people. And as, you know, I was repenting from a sin that I didn't commit. <laughs> right? So, yes, that was a pretty humbling moment, you know. Um, I... Probably that was my penance, right? you know, that confession. It was a confession of penance for all my sins. But, you know, what I gather from that is the fact that um, we need to be authentic, you know. Authenticity is something that the Lord is inviting us to actually uh, do in everything, the, the, the way we carry our lives. We cannot just go around, do things just to be seen, you know, put in a facade. And I think the world we live, in, we live in today is constantly inviting us to do that. To put that facade, you know, facade of the important person, facade of the strong, facade of the, you know, powerful, facade of the smart and intelligent if you are not any of those things that the world is inviting us to be, so we are nobody. Our self-esteem is, you know, laid down and everything. So just a constant pain and suffering to try to conform ourselves to the standards of the world. Paul Francis, I mean, speaks about that and says, hey, be careful of worldliness. Do not let the world really get into your lives and your souls and your heart. Because it's pretty hard to get them off once this end, right? So when Jesus said, okay, listen to what the Pharisees said, but do not imitate, you know, what they do. It's talking about a reality, you know, that is within our woundedness, right? The original sin, you know, our vanity, our ego, our pride, you know, trying to be someone we're not. How do we do that, though? Because, I mean, yes, the Lord is, you know, giving us a good lesson on it, but how do we actually live a life of authenticity? How can we be authentic people, you know? Some, when some people, they come and they said. Oh, you have to be yourself or be the best version of yourself. To be honest, I don't know. I, I kind of hate that phrase, to be honest. I mean, I, probably some people will not agree with me, but I don't know what it means. What do it mean just to be myself or the best version of myself? What does it mean? You know? 
I mean, if someone knows what it is, you can explain it to me after mass. But, you know, but, but they, people, they come to you and they say it with uh, such an authority and like, like a deep knowledge of what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, you got to be yourself. Like, how do I do that? How can I be myself? You know, and a way you can say, yes, well, maybe just to holding on to my true identity, to be a child of God. You know, I'm a beloved son of God. Well, if that, if, is that what it means? So, well, I will agree, yes. But at times, it's not exactly what it means, right? Oh, yeah, be yourself. I mean, you know, if you have a tendency to do something, you gotta be that. Like, what is that? It's, you know. So, be authentic it stems from, you know, what the Lord is, is telling us here, right? The love. You know, there are two motions of the spirit. They cannot be fake. You can fake, I mean, false humility. You can fake, you know, you know some sort of um, false generosity. You can fake all these things. But there are two motions of the spirit that cannot be fake. One is love. The other one is peace. You know, you can write that down. Love and peace, it cannot be fake. The devil cannot fake it either. Because those motions of the spirit, they're very profound. They're within our core. And let me tell you something. Once you start loving for real, you will have a real peace in your hearts. And that is extremely contagious. Seriously, very contagious. When you see somebody that has a real love, love for who or what? Love for God. You know, that is what Jesus said in the gospel, the greatest of commandments. You know, love God and love your neighbor. In the old commandment, you know, it was love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus, Jesus changed that. And he said, you heard, you know, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. And I said to you, love one another as I have loved you. Now, Jesus is the measurement of that love. It's no longer ourselves. Now, how in the world Jesus have loved us? You got to look at the crucifix. Very hard. Because that is the measurement of love. Given his life for the person whom he loved. In other words, if you say you love a person and you are not willing to give your life, to die for that person, you are a liar. And I don't say that myself. St. John in his first letter said that. The one person that, you know, says to affirms to love God who cannot see and does not love his neighbor who can see, that one is a liar. So ask yourself, how hard I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go into my love. Is my love real? Authentic, you want to know 
if you said, okay, I love that person and I'm willing to give everything and die for that person, okay, at any given time, okay, that means that's, that's real. And it's easy to say, okay, yes, I love my mom and dad, you know, my siblings, well, my time, my siblings, right? I love my kids, I love my friends, but what about someone stranger you don't know? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to die for that person? That's a different matter, isn't it? So I think that is a good examination for us. How is my love? Because you can't fake that. You can't. I was yesterday, well, the other day, well, two days ago, I went to Walmart, you know, the, the Walmart here and close by. Just to buy just a couple of things, you know, for the retreat they had with the boys yesterday and personal things. So when I got there, you know, you have this cell checkout now that, they, you know, that you can go in and check out your groceries, put them in baggage yourself and all that. So that was this old lady checking her groceries and, and I don't know, I mean, she was having a hard time, you know, putting the... The, uh, the items in the bag, you know, they had to pull the bag and put them in there. She was having a hard time. So I saw that as I was walking in, and I saw that poor lady, and I said, oh, my gosh. Um, and I approached, because I said, well, maybe she needs help. So I, I approached that, but this young lady beat me to it, you know, and she did not even ask. I was going to ask her, you know, just be polite. Maybe the lady said, oh, I don't need your help so I, said, I was going to ask, but this young lady just came in right in and said, oh, ma'am, let me help you. And I started just bagging everything, put them in the heart. You can see that, that tremendous relief in the, in the face of that, that lady, the old lady. That someone was there for her, helping her. To be honest, you know, that shocked me in a good way. When I went around buying my things, I came back. And right in front of me, it was another, you know, lady, you know, pretty much, you know, around my mom's age, you know, close to 70 or so. Uh, she was buying her, you know, groceries, and, and as she was, they were ringing, you know, things, you know, she started realizing that, you know, the money I have is not going to be enough. And, and then she started apologizing you to the cashier and said, you know what, maybe don't ring these things because I don't have enough money. And she was saying that, you know, just I live on my uh, social security and there was this glitch, so I couldn't receive my money. And, you know, so she was apologizing, put it away, please. You know, I'm sorry to, to do that. And she was pretty embarrassed. And, and I said, you know what? And I said to the cashier, you know what, just give it to me, you know, and I pay for it. And you can see just the face. I said it genuinely, okay? Because I was inspired, you know, for that act of charity that I saw earlier. And it just helped, helped that person in need. And I said, you know what, I, I pay for it. You know. And there were things that, that she needed. It wasn't just superfluous things, you know, that she needed. And just I pay for them. And I was thinking, you know, when you have a gesture of love with someone that you don't know, okay, and when you see that, you know, that is very contagious. And I'm hoping, I mean, someone, you might have seen what I did and, and just do something similar for someone else that they don't know. 
but it's something that comes from your heart. You know, something that just can't be fake. It's not like you're looking for opportunities, right? To, oh, yeah, and did some random act to chat it. No, it just happened in the moment, and, and it comes from a genuine, you know, heart. And that is what the Lord is talking about, to be authentic that way. You can fake that. You can fake that. And that is what it means to love your neighbor, particularly someone that you don't know. And that is what the Lord is inviting us to do. You know, sometimes we have this idea that, oh, if I want to go to heaven, you know, I have to be a sinless person. I mean, I, I cannot commit any sin. I mean, that is actually pretty admirable, right, and, and heroic. But that is so hard to do. You know, just go on to not commit sin. Just try it one day and see what happens. It's pretty tough. And that's why we get all burned out and, and say, oh, man, this life of holiness is impossible. Following God is impossible. Well, you got the wrong idea, let me tell you. Because it's not exactly what God is asking you to do. What the Lord is asking you to do is to love God and your neighbor. And yes, the commandments are there, but they are to help you to achieve that. The love of God and your neighbor. That's it. That is how you get to heaven. That is what real holiness is all about. Sanctity is all about. Loving God and your neighbor. Focus on doing that. And not, not just playing defense, right? And not, not a sin. Okay, you can't go that far that way. Loving God and loving others. That is what it brings, you know, takes you to heaven. And that, it cannot be fake. It cannot be counterfeited. It's a genuine love for God and others. So let us continue this Mass, you know, praying for each other, encouraging each other, without example, without example first. St. Francis of Assisi, you know, when uh, he used to send his friars to go and preach, and he said something to them, and he said, go and preach everywhere you go, but preach first with your example. And, when you, and, and with your words when it's needed. That is my invitation to you as well. To love God, love each other, and preach with that example. Amen. We place all our hope in the Lord as we now turn to the Father with our prayers. That the church will be fervent in proclaiming the gospel of the Lord. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer that those who hold public office will be guided by virtuous principles and what is truly good for the human person. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That this Holy Eucharist may envelop us in the peace of God's little children, stilled and quieted in the arms of the one who shares with us his very self. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the protection of those who serve in our country's military, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Today's Mass is being offered for John and Elizabeth Boren on their second wedding anniversary. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are sick or infirm and for their caregivers, that God, in his mercy, will draw close to them and raise them up. 
we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant upon them, O Lord. And let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. Through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Most merciful Father, help us to be still and quiet ourselves, confident in your unfailing mercy. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. 